listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Welcome back to the final installment of this summer's Faith Stories. Today I am joined by Kara Pabone. She has been at Faith Church since 2019 and is an associate principal at Heritage Christian Middle School. She's also working on her master's degree at Indiana Wesleyan University. And you may have seen her around church serving on the worship team, playing the guitar and leading worship. So I'm happy to introduce her to you a little more in depth today. So welcome, Kara. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Thank you. So first off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, all the, the basic information we should know? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, that's, you can probably tell by the way I say it. <laughs> um, I say it the correct way. Uh, but I came to Indianapolis to go to Butler University. I majored in music education there um, and got a bachelor's and master's in music ed there and then went on to teach um, here in Indianapolis at Heritage Christian. So my first years in the workforce um, were spent at Heritage Christian where I had one really amazing student. I heard she was amazing yeah. at the bass. Yes, she really was, <laughs> and other things too. Her name was Anne Marie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's funny that we're talking today because we go way back. <laughs> we do, we do go way, way back, uh, further than I'd like to admit, <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, I spent about five years working at Heritage, um, doing some music teaching at different levels in the school, and um, got to know some people who were connected with the Faith family, um, even though I wasn't attending Faith at that time. So. Uh, Lisa Meharry, actually student taught with her. Um, Mark and Charlene Canada taught both of their kids and just, um, yeah, some really special people. So I've always known about Faith Church. I uh, didn't live near here uh, back in the day, so I didn't uh, attend here, but I'm happy to be coming here now, yeah. Um, so after working at Heritage, I went on to um, work overseas. Um, in mission. So I actually left for the mission field um, and I went over to East Asia. We're kind of not going to talk about the specifics of that location, although many of you probably know what I'm talking about. So uh, from 2004 on, I worked uh, as a teacher and um, in basically doing ministry on the side with students and uh, professors and different people who were involved um, in campus ministry. Uh, while I was there. had a number of different roles, um, teaching and then also uh, studying in the language program there and um, coaching new teacher missionaries um, to the field and spent um, actually 14 years on the field um, coming home from time to time in the summers and for home assignments and things like that. But um, yeah, actually returned to the States in 2017 uh, to Louisville to help take care of a family member, um, aging family member, and then through a series of, event, of events ended up back here in Indianapolis working at Heritage again, but in a different capacity. Yes, and you found your way to faith as well. I did, Faith yeah. Church. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds you. like you had already found your way to it, faith at yes, some point. Yes, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> yeah, so you've been back um, from overseas for a few years now, and can you talk a little bit about what that transition has been like for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that transition was one of the hardest things I've actually uh, ever done. 
Um, and that kind of touches on a um, little bit of a theme for tonight, which is um, identity and kind of really coming back from the field like that, having worked uh, for a long time in one organization and in um, actually one location overseas, kind of brought me to a place where I felt like um, I was doing really well. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was in leadership. Um, I was an expert in cultural things, in the local language, in a lot of areas. And so coming back here um, to the States in order to work on just family things, um, my life felt like it went from a really big, amazing experience uh, where people, you know, were always interested in what I was doing and uh, wanted to hear me talk and wanted to, um, you know, support me in different ways and pray for me and all of these things. And it went from that huge thing all the way down to a very simple existence of uh, trying to make ends meet with part-time jobs and then also um, taking care of my grandmother. And so I really struggled a lot with questions of identity, like who am I really? What, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and how much is that connected with who I am and who God's made me to be? So those are some of the themes that um, have been over the past three years since I returned from the field. Um, just a real, I would say, uh, I would say a struggle, but also at the same time, a, a learning experience, a growth time for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's like a reverse culture shock on top of all that. And then dealing with that, almost a sense of loss, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. There is, um, I think any time a missionary comes off the field, um, he, she, they as a family deal a lot with loss and grief. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we, you know, thankfully I was able to, to do some good uh, debriefing through some missionary care organizations and things. But the... Um, the main sense really is just that looking at your life, what you've kind of left behind in terms of a job, uh, a role, um, you know, friends, a home, uh, anything and everything that you've built, even down to your to your dishes, you know, you've left it behind and uh, starting all over again, which in your early 20s, that's kind of an adventure. It's it's fun, you know, but mm -hmm. when you're um, later, much later in life, I'm not going to say how much <laughs> later. I won't ask. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that can really um, make you feel disoriented. And um, so losing those things and those relationships, but also losing those identities that mm -hmm. I had kind of built up for myself um, as the expert, um, leader, trainer, all of those things. And, um, and yeah, losing all of that uh, is, a, is a big blow if that's where you're really placing um, your identity. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, that would be hard for anybody. Uh, but you were able to kind of relate your story to a um, novel by C.S. Lewis, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm a huge fan of the Chronicles of Narnia stories. Uh, in particular, one of my favorites is The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, and in that story, there is a character that many of you will probably be familiar with. His name is Eustace Scrub. Um, he's one of, I think, Lewis's more memorable characters. Uh, Eustace is uh, just, there's no other way to say it, he's a brat. Um, this kid is just everything that um, 
you don't want to be around and you don't want to be yourself. And um, he's spoiled. He's um, selfish. He's, um, you know, thinks only of himself and what he can get and how he can get ahead. And he's a complainer and all of these things. And so um, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, one of my favorite scenes of that is when Eustace has gotten himself into some really big trouble. He's He's gone exploring on his own because he's sick of everybody else and he finds a dragon's lair. He steals something from the dragon, but the result of that is that he uh, then turns into a dragon himself. Um, and obviously he's beside himself. He doesn't know what to do. Um, he's got the bracelet that he tried to steal stuck around his huge dragon arm. Uh, it's hurting, it's cutting into him. and. Uh, there's no way for him to communicate to his friends. All of these things, he, he's just, he's lost. He doesn't know who he is, what he's supposed to be doing, how he's ever going to get back to himself. And um, at, it's at that point that essentially, um, you know, we come to the understanding that he needs a savior. And that savior in the uh, Chronicles of Narnia is the lion Aslan, who is the Christ figure. So Aslan comes and, um, you know, Eustace has done a pretty decent job of trying to get himself out of this dragon skin. He's scratching it off and things like that, but it's just, it's not really working. Um, the only thing that really works for, for um, Eustace, the dragon, is for Aslan to come and take his claws and to slowly but, and deeply scrape and scratch off that um, skin and begin the process of peeling off those scales um, for Eustace. Um, and this is, I mean, I love this story um, because it really encompasses just the, the work of Christ in a person's life. Now, for Eustace, this is more of a salvation story. It's more of a, a story of redemption and, and finding new life in Christ. Um, when I think of this for myself, though, I look at the last three years and I see um, you know, a transition period that God has used in my life to peel off, um, a painful period really, that God has used to peel off my own scaly layers of dragon skin um, that have built up over the years. And so for me, it's not necessarily uh, a salvation or justification story as much as it is a story of um, sanctification and um, allowing Christ to um, use something in my life that's painful, that's difficult, to um, peel off layers, show me who I really am in him. Um, so, yeah, it's a great story. Um, and I think of that, I look back at the three years and I think, um, okay, what, what was this dragon skin? You know, what had, what had I really um, taken on? myself um, in terms of uh, identifying myself um, with. And I think that that, when I look honestly back at this time, it was really pride. Mm. Um, and pride that can be defined in, in a number of ways. But um, number one, you know, could be pride in accomplishments or experiences and knowledge. Um, it's really easy to see that my worth had become tied into these, you know, who is, who is Kara? Oh, she's that girl that, you know, spent all those years in East Asia. Um, you know, oh, she's really good at that language or, oh, she's got these, you know, connections and all these things. And it, that can really build up 
Um, it's also a pride in just roles and titles and what you're doing with your life. And so it's, you know, it's really easy for us to, um, to equate our identity with, with what we're doing at that moment, with our tasks, our, our major functions and roles in, in our lives. Um, but in a heartbeat, I went from a, an expert to a novice in everything, you know, mm. I just didn't know my way around the States. I didn't know how to make a resume that w worked, <laughs> that made sense in the States. I, d I didn't know how to, how to go about finding, um, you know, job or entering into the professional world here. Um, I was a respected leader and I came back home to pretty much anonymity. Mm. Um, and maybe even just a, the community aspect from a valued member of that community and leader um, to a stranger, mm -hmm. somebody who's unknown. Um, and there's a lot of pride and just self-sufficiency as well. Um, I had what it took. I was a high functioning foreign expat in the, in the place where I lived, you know, and coming back and I was a low functioning American. <laughs> I can tell you that <laughs> for a little while. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I would describe my own kind of process of what I think about this, this past three years. And I don't think, I don't think Aslan, God, Christ, I don't think he's finished. Um, but yeah, the process of peeling that skin off of me, um, revealing what's underneath, which is who he's truly created, um, has been uh, both painful and um, refreshing, I guess I could mm. say. That's interesting you put those two words together because you wouldn't typically mm -hmm. think they would go together but it makes sense in the way you describe it. And I love how you share that story. It just really gives a good visual picture of what it's like to go through something like this. Mm. Um, and I, I'm curious too, are there um, passages in scripture that have kind of helped you along the way as you've been dealing with this season in your life? Yeah, definitely. Um, many scriptures have helped me through, but one of the um, areas that I really thought through most and that have been most meaningful to me um, has been in Philippians, and specifically Philippians 3. Um, for a lot of reasons, you know, if you think through what Paul's kind of describing here, um, first of all, he's a man who had every um, opportunity and right, really, uh, every reason to find his identity um, in his accomplishments, in his pedigree, in, in his education, all of these things, his titles. Um, but there in chapter 3 and verses 4 through 11, he describes um, that he now defines himself as simply in Christ. Um, he is just somebody who is, is so overjoyed at the, the privilege of knowing Christ and being in Christ that everything else that he has gained uh, up until this point is, is rubbish. You know, it's trash. It, it means nothing um, compared to that. Um, and so that's been a good reminder for me uh, that my identity is not, my worth is not really in these things. It's not in these accomplishments um, that honestly they can be stripped from me mm -hmm. completely. Um, you know, I can approach somebody as a complete stranger. They don't know a thing about me. They don't know anything about what I've done, what I've studied, what I've accomplished. Um, and for for all intents and purposes, I am exactly to that person who who God has created me to be. I'm His child. Mm -hmm. uh, that none of that, uh, none of those other things define me. Um, chapter three has a lot of 
great nuggets for me, actually. There's a couple more. Um, the second one that comes to mind is in verse 12. Um, and I'm specifically um, thinking about the ESV version because that's, that's generally what, I'm, um, what I read on my own. And so um, one of the things that caught me in the ESV version was um, that Paul describes, he says that he can press on, he can keep going, um, not because he's the master of his own life, but because, quote, Christ has made me his own. Um, that sentence has meant a lot to me. Um, in a time, in a period of time where I haven't felt like I've belonged, I didn't feel like I belonged in America, I didn't feel like I didn't have a, a church family necessarily, I didn't have, you know, there's just a lot of things where I just felt out of place, feeling like I don't know where I belong professionally, feeling just in a lot of ways, um, kind of lost in those ways. Um, but knowing that Christ has made me his own um, throughout this process, there's a, a huge amount of comfort um, in knowing that I can trust him, that uh, no matter where I am, what I'm doing, I am exactly where I belong, and that's in him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can rest in that at any point and in any time um, in my life, and that's been a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and then the last thing that comes to mind, this is all from Philippians 3. The last thing that comes to mind is that um, Paul, he makes it clear that in verse 11, his ultimate thought, his ultimate destination, objective in life is not anything that has to do with this earth and our lives on this earth. So um, that he's looking forward to his resurrection um, and eternity with Christ. And so in the midst of loss and change and uncertainty, um, even suffering, pain, um, that seeing things from an eternal perspective has been crucial um, for me and incredibly encouraging as well. And that's a, that's a great message, I think, right now for all of us, not just a, you know, kind of a displaced returning missionary. I think it's a lesson for all of us as we experience a lot of uncertainty and suffering change yes. with the pandemic. Yeah. I, I was thinking that as you were speaking through those verses about how it seems like everybody is probably feeling some kind of loss and a sense of not being in control of anything right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I yeah. yes, I think those verses are, are very <laughs> relevant probably to most of us um, this, this year. Very um, much so, yeah. Yeah, do you feel like having gone through um, this transition and, and having these these verses and thoughts in your mind, has that helped you kind of weather this year of pandemic? <laughs> um, I think so, definitely. I mean, I think, I think actually the experience of living life um, overseas, um, living especially in in a third world country. Uh, area that is not as developed. I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it can be considered third world anymore, but um, developing countries, living life in those in those areas, and especially as an expat or a foreigner, you um, experience uncertainty all the time. Ambiguity is just a kind of a part of life. Um, being out of you know out of touch and knowing that you're not in control of whatever's you know happening around you, that is a feeling that actually most missionaries come to know really well. Mm. Um, and most of us spend the first two years of our time on the field learning how to deal with that and how to, how to manage that 
personally and as a family. And, um, and so, you know, I've spoken to a lot of missionaries who are here, back here, either for, you know, uh, long term or just because they're displaced right now because of the pandemic. And um, most of us feel pretty comfortable. Like mm -hmm. this, it, it's almost like I, I read a, a blog and the guy was saying how it feels like putting on an, a comfortable old T-shirt. Like, ah, yes. Really? Wow. This is like, <laughs> yeah. And so, and I don't say that to, to make us sound like, you know, superstars or anything. It's just, the, they're... Um, there are things that are happening now in America that um, that just haven't happened before in terms of people not being able to um, predict what's going to happen, people being in a place where they don't have, they don't feel like, we don't feel like we can control um, what's going to happen for us and our families. And and um, it's, it's disorienting, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's um it's tiring it's it's really exhausting um and so i i think the best i can say is just i i relate mm -hmm. i understand um i've been here before and um and one of the biggest lessons i think that i've learned is that it's still possible to thrive um in the middle of ambiguity mm -hmm. and to thrive in the middle of uncertainty because in the end we have the solid rock solid hope of Christ we have the hope of of um, our future with him we have the the hope of his um, presence walking through everything with us and so um, in the middle of so much uncertainty we have the most certain thing that exists in this universe um, and so yeah, I think that God is um, giving us all a gift right now, hmm. whether we see it that way or not. Um, and I do not see it like that every day. I can tell you that. <laughs> I just came from, you know, a nine-hour day of a mask on my face. And, I'm, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it's just there's, there's a lot of inconvenience and difficulties. But um, he, doesn't, he doesn't put us in situations like this unless he means it for our good and for his glory. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to see maybe years from now, how has this changed me personally? How has this changed um, the church um, and his, his body throughout um, our country and throughout the world? Yes, it will be really interesting to look back in a few years and, mm -hmm. and look at those things. And you know, I'll admit it's, it's hard for me to um, consider a pandemic a gift, <laughs> but I, I just love the perspective that you bring to it. And, and it truly is. I mean, we have opportunities now that um, we've never had before. Mm. So um, now, do you have any plans to go back on the mission field someday? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I don't have any solid plans right now. Um, I think that that would be something that the Lord would, um, that it's very possible that he could open that door again for me um, in the future. And I would say that I'll always be open to it. Um, I, yeah, I'm absolutely willing um, if the Lord provides. I wouldn't say that I'm seeking out those opportunities right now. And it's very difficult at this point in sure. time to, uh, where everybody's back home. But yeah, so it's one of those things where I would um, say that I always, always want to keep the door open. Um, 
but I'm not sure right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any way that we can be praying for you at this time? That's a great question. Um, thank you for that, by the way. Um, yeah, so I'm in a role. Uh, it's a new role for me at school. Um, and as you can imagine, any role at school right now is, uh, is difficult. Um, Heritage, we are working hard to remain in person with mm -hmm. our classes. And um, there's a lot of stress that goes along with that and a lot of um, extra work for everybody from everybody from um, you know our cleaning crew to our uh, leadership team every you know and everywhere in between so um, I would say that uh, pray for pray for me as a, a new you know mid-level leader mm -hmm. <laughs> I would call myself at the school uh, but also for for our school for all of our students really and and our teachers for sustainability of, um, you know, we're, we're working hard because we, we value time together and, and a community together. Um, and so, um, yeah, we just ask for prayer for, for strength and for stamina. Um, for me personally, I'm also working on a master's degree in school administration on the side. Um, and so life is really full. Mm -hmm. Um, during this season, so I personally would would ask for those things as well. Just strength, um, wisdom. We need so much wisdom right now because we just we don't have answers. We're everybody's flying blind, but we, we you know we're working hard, but we we definitely need wisdom mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, just grace to be filled with grace myself and to be overflowing with grace toward others during this time. Sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thanks for sharing the rest of your story with us as well. It's been so great getting to reconnect with you a little bit yeah, and hear absolutely. more about what you've been up to lately. I know. So. That's great. <laughs> well, thank thanks, you. Yes. Thank you for, for wrapping up the Faith Stories season for us. Um, and thanks to everybody who has listened or watched this summer. It's certainly not been the summer that we were expecting or the year that we've been ex expecting in many ways. But I hope you've been able to be encouraged and find hope in listening to the ways God has been at work in the lives of people at Faith Church.